Welcome to The Gathering Pod, the audio version of my weekly gathering room broadcast. I'm Martha Beck. Today's topic is spring cleaning your life 2020, but But. what I want to say is, as someone who hails from the Southern Hemisphere, spring is, I think, a transitional season, and I believe that autumn or fall also is. So let's just apply this across. Let's just pretend it's the same thing. Did you notice that? Yeah, I think that's good. And it's so interesting to me. I thought that maybe what we, what, like when I went to South Africa and it was December, I thought that they would call it winter, but winter was hot, but no, they call it summer. So December is not, (laughs) is is winter here, but this winter is really, and then the other thing is that fall and spring are verbs. And the other two aren't. You were right. You were fall right. and spring. And do you know autumn is different? But do you know where why we call it fall? It literally used to be called leaf fall. Mm. So it's when the leaves fall wherever you happen to be. And then things spring up. And the snow flies though. So why don't we call winter fly? I do. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I and never that, have. Flies are a plague. Flies come as a plague. So you guys spring cleaning? Yeah, we're doing. Okay, yes. Let's get to the topic. (laughs) Boom. I just Check out that totally not awkward segue from me. I know. Do you know, this is completely off topic. (laughs) I just read that the 17-year locusts are coming out in the Rocky Mountain West. These things are immense, and they come out every 17 years, and they are literally a plague of locusts. Plague you. A damn pandemic. Now locusts? The frogs will be here any minute. It's not, it's, it's scary. On that note. On that note. I'm going to leave you for a while, ask you questions, brief and to the point, and we'll get to it. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> All right. Brief I love the you. point. We are, we are the only ones who get to ramble on topics that have nothing to do with anything that anyone cares about. Hi, everyone. So I was just thinking about um, the fact that the combination of springtime in the Northern Hemisphere and COVID-19 pandemic, everybody locked up, has led to this massive increase in donations to places like Goodwill or um, St. Vincent de Paul, is that what it's called? Yeah, donation centers that take your old stuff. And someone was saying, oh, that's because everybody's getting inspired by spring cleaning and there's nothing they can do. They, They have the time to clean things out. But I think there's something else going on here. See. In the coaching system that I teach, sorry if you already heard this, there it's all about the, the way human life changes and social things change, human society changes, and it has four different squares that go, you go through them all in a circle. They're like the four seasons, so it's good that we were talking about seasons. So um, after a big shock to your life that causes you to be unable to sustain the same identity you've had up to that point, we call that going back to square one or on to square one. You kind of feel like you're back at square one. You get married, you have kids, everything's great. Then your marriage falls apart and your kids move away and you're like, I'm back at square one. No, you're on to square one because you've been to other square ones before and square one is followed by square And so square one, after the shock, boom, everything just feels like it's falling apart. And you have to let it. So I think we've talked about this many times. I mean, it's it's the core of our coaching methodology, so I'm sure I've talked about it. But what the reason I'm bringing it up 
is that in our practical wayfinding course that I've been teaching, I noticed it's, it's a six week course and we started uh, four weeks ago. And what I noticed, I thought everyone would be like reverberating from the shock of the pandemic all the way through the course because this could change our lives forever. And like, we're still under lockdown. Things haven't gone back to normal. So I thought it's just gonna be square one, square one, square one the whole time. I'm being told that there's something technically wrong, no? Okay, so I thought everybody would just stay in the, the what I like to think of as the symptomology of square one. The symptomology is you feel devastated, you don't quite know what to do, you can't make long-term plans and you shouldn't. You go through the grieving cycle, which is sadness, anger, bargaining. You may get to the place where you're making meaning out of the experience. And then um, you gradually, gradually come out of it, but it's not actually the same person coming out of the experience who went in in the first place. It is a new version of you. We use the caterpillar butterfly metaphor. I once <laughs> was at, um, working with someone who was in a group with my son Adam of groups of people with um, intellectual disabilities or disabilities, dis different abilities. And um, I was telling her that the, the, the metaphor for my whole company was caterpillars changing into butterflies. And she looked at me and she went, yeah, cliche much? <laughs> so it's a cliche, but it's true. We go through transformation. The caterpillar never survives. The, the uh, butterfly is the angel of the dead caterpillar. And when we come out of square one, we come out a different being. With the pandemic, I thought this would take maybe months, six months. If you've lost something really significant like a partner or, um, you know, your homeland or something, it takes a full year at least in square one before you start to come into being the new person. So I thought this would be one of those. But a few weeks into the course I was teaching, very sort of uniformly, a whole bunch of the people in the course started showing symptoms of square two. Now the symptoms of square one, I just said, were like grieving, falling apart, not knowing where you are, not being able to make decisions. Another thing that happens to me in square one is that I can't organize physical objects. Like I just can't bring myself to make my bed every morning. I just, you know, I drop clothes on the floor or I, you know, I don't create disgusting filth, but I can't really organize. And we're always laughing over there. I think she does believe that I create disgusting filth. <laughs> anyway, not what I call it. So those are the symptoms of square one. Symptoms of square two include changing the way you dress pretty fundamentally, like getting totally different style of clothing, changing your hair or the way you do your makeup or whatever, your look, right? The way you present yourself. Um, Another thing is um, wanting to do completely new things that you've never done before, going different directions when you leave the house, things like that. And another of the things is rearranging your house and especially throwing things away. In fact, the throwing things away is like the cusp between square one where everything's falling apart and square two where the new life begins to emerge. So the first thing that happens when we need to change to be, to invite a new stage of our life is that we have to empty the old one. So when this happens with relationships, and it does, we call it the elevator effect. Because if you're 
if you've ever been with little kids when an elevator opens and it's packed, the little kids will try to run into the elevator before the other people get off. But the adults realize that before the, the people outside can get in, you have to let the people inside come out to create the space. So if you're having an elevator effect in your relationship life, you'll feel very lonely, like, oh, all my friends have abandoned me. But actually, if you think about it, you'll say, I kind of um, abandoned them. Not that I wanted to abandon them, but I want to go to a different way of being. Uh, I can't kind of get the same sort of synchrony with these people. I, I want to be in a different place. And it's like you've gotten on an elevator in a building to go to a whole different floor. And generally, there won't be a lot of people who come with you. But when the elevator door opens, after a period of feeling like, man, I have no friends and nobody likes me, the elevator door opens and you see that you're on a floor that suits you better in your current incarnation and there are people who are more like you now than the people on the floor you just left. Not a value judgment, it's just different, different. So what happens when people are going through square two in their entire psyches is they start to clean out their houses or their apartments or wherever they're living. And the fact that there's this huge surge of donations, I don't know if it's happening in the Southern Hemisphere, but because it's a, a transitional time, maybe it is. The only data I have come from the Northern Hemisphere. And I wanted to like poke around and see if you guys have felt the urge to give things away. And or, or to throw them away. And I want you to notice which things you're throwing away. Um, I just went through my whole closet and threw out a bunch of clothes that I used to use when I gave public speeches because I don't know if there are gonna be any more public speeches for a while. And also because I looked at my mind, that's not, what, who? Um, I always wore motorcycle boots. For a while I wore motorcycle boots. I was like, this is it, leggings? a long cardigan like this, motorcycle boots, and a scarf. And that's it for the rest of my life. And it really worked for like 10 years. I always knew what to get. And then it just didn't work anymore. And um, so I threw them all out the other day. Um, if you pay attention to your impulse to throw things out, you may find that you've been sort of moving toward it and then backing away because there's this sort of hoarding um, gene built into us that says, Oh, I, this feels cluttered. I'm going to throw this away. But no, what if I need another moss-covered, three-handled family redundza at some point? It could, it would come in handy. I've worked with people, coached people who had hoarding disorders, which were, it's, it's really hard to watch, actually. It must be hell to experience because they'd be like, okay, you have nine million unmated socks some of them, the mates have had holes in them or been chewed up by the dog. Why don't we throw away or like recycle the leftover socks? And they just can't. They're like, but I could dust something with it. And you look around and you think, you have not dusted things in this century. But I totally get the impulse because when it comes to bigger things, like the 400 puzzles that I bought since the pandemic began. I love giving them away. But the idea of throwing them away is like, oh no, maybe I want to do them again. So it's interesting what we bring into our houses. I started ordering puzzles and I've talked about this before. It started happening before the pandemic. I don't know why. I just needed a lot of puzzles and couldn't stop wanting to do them. And then when the pandemic hit, 
they all sold out everywhere. It's still hard to get them. But the very act of putting together a puzzle is like, it literally is a metaphor for square one. You open this puzzle and here's this beautiful picture that's been chopped in a million pieces, a thousand pieces, and completely disorganized. And then it's very soothing for me to like put that back together because it reflects the state of my life. So start looking at the things that you have thrown away and then notice the things you want to throw away or that feel like it's just ugh, too much. And then here's the challenge for this week before we get to the Q&A. The challenge is start discarding one thing per day or if you're more ambitious. For example, every time you go through your bedroom, you find something to get out of it and give away or throw away. Or every time you go through the kitchen, you open a cupboard, find something that's outdated, throw it away. Feed it to the dog or something, the fish. Um, we have both, I have fish, it's amazing. Sorry, um, yeah, ADD. So that is the challenge. Look at what you want to throw away, start throwing things away, and there will get to a point where you'll be like, oh, these Italian spices are three years old. Wait, wait, they still smell good. And you'll be in this place of, uh, 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 uh. just know that that's, that's more interesting than it actually may appear. That is you teetering on the brink between two ways of being, two identities. And it may sound silly. Those of you who took practical wayfinding, this was one of the challenges, <clears throat> was just to change something in your house. But um, every time you do that, even if you just set, throw away some spices that have been there for three years, you are changing the arrangement of your interior life. And then if you really wanna go for it, start moving furniture. Yes, I said it. You will, as you go into square two, look around your rooms and go, that isn't convenient. I don't like that there. I love that window. Why is there not a chair by that window? And so on and you'll start really moving big things around. That's a signal that you've gone right into the heart of square two. And at that point, you can expect a whole new way of life to start presenting itself. And it doesn't come from the mind, it comes from the same place butterflies come from when a caterpillar has melted itself down. We don't even know, it comes from the intelligence of nature. And it's a kind of miracle and it flows through us and we watch ourselves becoming something that we would never have made up something else is making us up or some, some bigger part of us than is our limited human self. So that's what I have to say about that. It's just kind of a challenge to go forward in the week. And now let's have some Q&A. Rojo. Here I am. Roey the Joey, the baby kangaroo. Ugh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit tight in there. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, I tell you what, the zeitgeist yeah. is strong. People okay. are feeling it. The, really? Yeah. I'm fascinated. Yeah. They're, they're I love this. I stuff freaking away. love moving this. furniture around. This has never, we've never had a collective shock that hit billions of people all at once and almost no one is left out of it. And look at this. We're going through the squares of change together. No. You know what that does? That builds unity. It builds cohesiveness. It, it's shared experience, shared endeavor. We are we are clumping up to do something fabulous. We're gathering. It's happening. Hello, the lovely peoples. This is Marty, Martha, inviting you to a free masterclass that I have made called Five Paths to Your Purpose. 
probably the most common question I get from people is, how do I find my purpose? Why don't I feel that I'm on purpose? Well, it turns out there are certain things you have to do to find your purpose, and I broke them down into five, and I made a little masterclass about it. So if you'd like to see it, just go to marthabeck.com slash purpose, and you will be able to watch it without any charge at all. So Emily has a great question. She yeah. says, can we be in several squares at once in different mm. aspects of life? Like I'm in square four of being an empowered single woman post-divorce and square two in my becoming a wayfinder coach. Possible? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And you can actually see little areas of your life um, separating. Like, for example, um, as I, and you'll see it, for example, when you change the furniture around. Like, um, I changed our whole basement around. Oh my goodness. We threw out this massive um, couch thing. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like a cross between a Yeti and a couch. <laughs> and we threw it away and uh, we're making a little studio in there. So you're going to see us in a different, yeah. different digs. Um, so that was all, but my bedroom and like, don't change anything. Just throw things out and clear them away. Just make it clear and and more spacious, more, more spacious, light. more light, more like neutral tones and whites, and that's it. Yeah. So that part of my life, the part that is, um, the part that rests, the part that relaxes, <clears throat> doesn't want to change right now. But the basement, oh yeah, it's changing, and that in itself is another metaphor. Our coaches use something we call the living space metaphor. You can go on and on because the basement that we're changing around and doing things with studios and everything represent could represent the uh, the foundation of our sort of business life, right? Mm, mm. So all the work functions are going down into the yeah. basement, which is the foundational thing of our, our way of living. That's true. And upstairs, it's more like the spiritual places. It's the... Airy, Bring in more light. Airy, yeah. Airy. How do you pronounce an eagle's nest? Airy. Airy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We have quite a few different questions from people Let's get to who them. feel that they're stuck in square one. Oh, and yeah. they're just like, what do I do? I Things keep happening and hitting me yep. and um, it's just square one, square one, square one. I'm so glad you asked because people feel bad. Like when I said to, to the practical wayfinding class, some of you are in square two, a bunch of them who were still in square one were like, I'm bad. I'm, you know slow no that's like saying you know spring is bad but fall is good these are just natural phenomena and you go through them for as long as you need to become the thing that you are meant to become and there is no value judgment with it however square one can be very frightening for people in our particular culture because we're not mm. taught to fall apart we are taught to hold ourselves together to move forward and in, when you're back to square one, when you're on to square one, it doesn't feel like you're moving forward. It feels like you're falling apart. And there's no way to hurry it. Most of us try to hurry it because it's uncomfortable and because our culture teaches us that it's bad. But it's not bad. It's as important as letting a field lie fallow between, mm. between crops. It has to restore itself. And usually, as I said, if it's a big square one, it will take at least a year. People who've lost a spouse or a child or had a, a lengthy traumatic illness or other trauma, it can take five years to just go through the full process of breaking down. Now, the painful part is front-loaded. It hurts most at the beginning. 
after about six months, even with a massive change, there, it, it, it takes on a softer, gentler rhythm, but only if you allow it and if you care for yourself. So all you do in square one is create a cocoon in any way you can, financially, with your friends and loved ones in your house, and let yourself fall apart. And while that happens, you treat yourself very, very, very gently and lovingly. That's when it's just self-care, time to read, meditate, pray if you like to, um, get help from friends on the phone, watch TV shows that inspire you, and so on. Like constant self-care. If you do that, it will pass. Maria Schoenfeld, I want you to listen to what she just said as well, because mm. I know you, you phrased your question slightly different, but this is what you're needing to do is just be kind. Yeah. Friend. And people think that, oh, I'm never, I'm not getting through it fast enough. I heard you when I did a lot of personal coaching, I heard that all the time. It's not going fast enough. But these were people who were shifting their fundamental identity. And we're here. We're on this earth for a long time compared to our ancestors. And the only thing we have to do is become whatever we're meant to become from having a human experience. There is no, we're not here to get anything done. We're just here to live. And so there's no way we can not do it fast enough. You're not living fast enough. Living is living. And I'm living fast enough. I'm living fast enough too. And so when it hurts, just, you know, take whatever steps you can to make it hurt less. And you will find that every emotion is the raw material for its opposite. So grief is actually the raw material for joy and mm. fear is the raw material for fearlessness and, and bravery. And anger is the raw material for compassion. So you let yourself feel all those things all the way to their full extent and they will actually turn into their opposites. You can't rush it. It's magic. It's magic. Um, Patricia was wanted to know mm. um, how long before my new elevator door opens with the new friends? I don't know. I wish I could tell you, but I will 17 say 17 days, 17, 17 years. You'll come out like a cicada, <laughs> um, like a locust. It usually doesn't take more than a year for you to find a new identity and a new place to be. But if you've moved, I mean, like, for example, Ro came from Australia. How many years ago? Four and a half. Yeah. And like, there's been this series of things. We were living on a ranch in the middle of nowhere. It was a very long trip to meet anyone. <laughs> you, you didn't run into people. You ran into bears occasionally. That was about it. You know, and then uh, she started getting some friends and then we moved here. And then she started making some friends and then the pandemic hit. And so oh, she fine. hasn't really grounded into a group in America. But look where we are. Look where we are with the peeps. We're right in the middle, right, right? This is the elevator door opening Damn for me. Straight. Yeah, I hope it is at least in part for you. And going out online right now, obviously under these conditions, is the best way to seek like-minded others and you will find people. In, and it's interesting, at first you'll find companions who are changing at the same rate you are. And then once you kind of come to rest, you make a whole new group of friends that are at rest in that place. Mm. So you have traveling companions and you have like your village. Yeah. And they're different. It always is in a state of change and that's okay. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, does being in recovery from an illness for over a year count as being in square one? I think it's a big part of it. I think often if you look at your life in spiritual terms, an illness comes as um, the 
the, the agent of transformation. And for me, I mean, I always will have like weird autoimmune issues and I have like, I have to be careful not to trigger them, but I was only really sick for about 12 years, but that was 12 years. That was a square one that lasted 12 years. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't have to, you don't have to. I was unwilling to let go of my old identity. As soon as I did, I started getting better. Whole different story there. Throw out your spices, ladies, gentlemen. It's the only way you won't be sick for 12 years. That is not true. <laughs> okay. Um, another question from Emily. She says, how come I have more time than I've ever had? And now I want more time. Isn't that amazing? Yes. We're all finding out how much time, like how good it is to have time with nothing scheduled and nothing pushing us, not having to jump in the car and drive people places. I mean, yeah, we're, we're missing our old activities, but man, every time they extend the lockdown, I'm like, oh darn, oh yeah. <laughs> and it's a paradoxical creature. Yes, I am. But the thing is, um, I'm very fortunate to be quarantined with, with other people and mm. in a place I love. And so it's really easy for me to say that, but the, the stretches of time that have opened up for almost everyone mm -hmm. under, under the pandemic rules are showing us how starved we were for stillness. It's not time, we always had the same amount of time. It's the stillness. We can't go out so we don't have to. We can't get this and that done so we don't have to. And just saying, I don't have to, it gives you, I mean, when it boils down um, right to um, brass tacks. What you make of your life is what you choose to do with your time. Your time is your one unrenewable resource. And every time you do something that's rushed or hurried or not quite right for you, that's a little bit of your life essence thrown away. And when you're forced to stop and say, I, really, I can just sit here for a minute, that life essence flows back and you realize just being with it is delicious. And we hadn't been able to do that. We were rushing around too much. We're yeah. so mobile. And that's wonderful. And it had gotten out of hand. I love the whole thing you've been talking about off and on, Marty, about, you know, that, that the disruption is the kind of fertile ground breaking up the way we plant the new seeds. Like what haven't we done with our lives that now this, this mm. space and time that's opened up, what all the patterns are interrupted. Now we can, like, this is the moment where we can do so many things. And I think all the square two stuff and the moving and everything is like, what can I be? What can I create? But, you know, there was this surge, like, mm -hmm. six weeks in where everyone said, now I have to write my novel. Like, <laughs> but they had these things that were, oh, if I ever get time, I'm going to do it. And they felt like, now I have to. But it was coming from a different place. Like I said, the, this, it's the intelligence of life that creates the butterfly. It's not the caterpillar going, I know what I will make of myself. It's just like, ugh, I'm falling apart. And then nature takes over. So the things that I started doing, are very different from the things that I told myself right. I should do. Yes. The things that are coming up are like, I lie on the floor a lot. You do lie on the floor. I know, I just start lying on the floor a lot. What's, what's that about, Marty? I let's, love lying on the floor. <laughs> I love lying on the floor. Reading on the floor, drawing on the floor. I just come back to childhood. That I didn't expect. Oh, you guys are so sweet. They're all loving on me because you said I didn't have any friends and I was a loser. <laughs> 
And thank you. And I love you all so much. And thank you for being my friends. And people are loving your mandalas or mandalas. That was a thing I didn't expect to do. But I'm like, question mark. I want to make a mandala. Now, I, some of you sent in ideas for new ones. And I'm going to make them because I love them. I don't know. They're thrilling. And all over the world, people have made mandalas. Mandalas? I don't know. Mandalas. Mandalas. <laughs> Um, because Custom mandala. as a spiritual practice and I've never it's it's a little bit like labyrinths I've, People use those as spiritual practice and it doesn't really make logical sense from within our culture But when you walk a labyrinth mm. or when I made that mandala, it was like it, it got me into such a deep rhythm of, of yeah, the Circular yeah. and the repetitive and it also taught me that if you do anything like 16 times in a circle, it looks cool Yeah, which Gives me new horizons in dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you're going to take that. That's perfect. 16 so, times in a circle. There you go. That's the latest the moral, phrase. That's what you can go out of this gathering room and just say to each other 16 times in a circle, and no one will know what you mean except yeah. other gathering room attendees. We all know. We all know. So I want to, like, I, I wish there was a way that they could show us what they throw away or discard or whatever. Well, Oh no, I put you on the spot. It doesn't matter. I just, just they could post it on your page, but we wouldn't we might not see it. Um or hmm. Uh post it on what which page? A Facebook page. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Post it on my Facebook page. Yeah. Show us how many things you can get rid of. And here's the thing. When you do finally let go of that jar of spices or the pair of shoes or the old um suit or whatever it is. There will be this rending sensation as you let go, the hoarder instinct lets go, and then you'll be like, whoosh. Mm. There, and, and you'll feel this spaciousness, and that is what totally unexpectedly I'm seeing happen from the pandemic right now is that people are embracing spaciousness yeah. of time and place. And I did not see that coming, and that is what I love about unprecedented changes. Whew. Everything's becoming so interesting. so interesting. So we love you to pieces. Oh, so many pieces. And we hope that you have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to be supportive, but it keeps getting weird. <laughs> just throw things away, guys, and yeah. then let us hear about it one way or another. Next week on The Gathering Room in the comments. There you go. Just put them up. And then we'll we can talk about it. Yeah. We should do it. Well, yeah. Okay, we'll do a discussion of it next week. <gasps> That's what we'll if do. We, guys, if we forget, remind, remind us. us. Yeah, we'll we're just sitting here literally all week <laughs> waiting to turn on the computer. We love you. We love you. Have a great week. Mwah. Take care of your beautiful selves. Yes. Mwah. For almost 30 years, I've been teaching people to do something that I call reading your internal compasses. I believe we are all born with direction-finding mechanisms that are inherent in us and will help us find our best destiny. Uh, a few years ago, though, I realized that a lot of people were getting very, very anxious. And this is true. Anxiety is going nuts all over the planet. So I spent five years researching and writing a book about how to read your compasses and lower the anxiety that's getting between you and your right life. And I'm very excited about the book. It's coming out in 2025. But 
I would love to teach you about it before the book comes out. So this summer, I'm doing a course called The Wayfinder's Compass, Moving Beyond Anxiety. And you can check it out by going to marthabeck.com slash compass. And we will have a fabulous time putting you on course for your North Star. It's a bewildering moment to be alive. That's why Martha Beck, me, and Rowan Mangan, me, created Bewildered, the wildly successful podcast for people trying to figure it out. Most of us are trying to fit society's expectations about how we should live, which is stressful and confusing. On Bewildered, we look at topics like perfectionism, what it means to have enough, anxiety, and creativity to see where the culture may be pushing us all away from the lives that truly fulfill us. If you're bewildered, if you want to think and you love to laugh, come join us.